Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Harrison Zesty Podcast, where we uncover the deep thoughts and truths about each one of us. I'm your host, Harrison Zesty. Thanks for tuning in and being on. So today's quote of the day is by Mother Teresa, who said, Don't live for big things, but small things with great love, ordinary things with extraordinary love. Shout out to Mother Teresa on this amazing Friday. So awesome. We're going to start doing that, actually. I'm going to start throwing in a a daily quote. But this is episode number four, which feels great. That was my number this past season for uh, basketball season. That was awesome. Shout out to uh, my boys on the team. Y'all know who you are for making an epic season. But today, this is a topic that I've wanted to dive in and uncover for quite some time because I've been thinking about it for a while and I get asked about this actually a lot. It's all about happiness and what that word actually means. And I've got some cool stuff today to use to try to, I guess, show y'all what happiness really is and how you should interpret it. Um, but there's all these myths out there about happiness. It's like most of the myths are in this format. When I do this, then I'll become happy. And that it treats happiness like this item that you don't have yet, but once you get something, you'll have it. It's like once I get X and then I add Y, it'll equal Z and Z's happiness. It's like that's how most of the culture, I feel like, looks at happiness these days. And it's the same format as the as the American dream we all love. It's like once I buy this sick three and a half million dollar house and it's on the water and there's a dock and I have a boat and I've got my stock account doubling every day with earnings, then I'll be happy. Or once I do this, 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 then you, you've all heard of that before. It's kind of like, like what the, I want to say school system, but maybe not. It's kind of what I guess society promotes. It's like, you know, once you spend a ridiculous amount of money on college for four years and then you go and you get your master's and then you're you know, $500,000 in debt, and then you're paying off that debt, and then once you get this dream job, then you'll be happy. Or like society puts it like, buy this, buy this, buy this, since our society is so run these days by having more stuff, having more things filling our life. And this is a crazy survey that I saw. According to the Harris Poll, which I, I guess apparently is a very trustworthy national poll, which measured happiness levels in Americans for decades. So in 2017, the poll resulted only 33% of Americans reported being happy. Only 33%. That is absolutely wild. Only three in the, uh, the article said that the percentage has never gotten higher than 35%. Isn't that wild? You ask all these Americans, you know, I don't know how many people they, they sampled. Wow, this brings me to my stats class. This is wild. But I don't know how many people they sampled. I imagine it was a lot, and then they generalized it. But only 33%. Like, that's wild. 33% of people. And this is because of our hedonic adaptation. Hedonic adaptation pretty much means that we become used to things really quickly. 
So like having new things like shoes or cars, it's, it's actually awesome, right? Like getting a new pair of shoes. I love shoes or cars. I love cars is really awesome. But because of our hedonic adaptation, which was from our ancestors, like you have to adapt to new environments when you're hunting and like our hunter gatherer uh, ancestors, it's like we become really used to things really quickly. Like, I don't know about you, but after I buy a new pair of shoes that I've been looking forward to for a while, then like after a week or two weeks of having them, like they're cool. Like I love wearing them, but it's not the same. Like, Whoa, dude, like they're sick. It's more like, yeah, like I I like these. And then after like a month or two months, they just kind of become shoes. And so that's all because of our hedonic adaptation. We all think that, that having more stuff like clothes, shoes, houses, money will make us happy, but that actually isn't the case at all. And having more stuff actually increases stress. I mean, you guys can probably obviously see that. Like having more stuff will increase stress levels, which increases not being happy and because we have to look after all of our stuff. And also many of us think that humans are always supposed to be happy. Like ha- happiness is this natural state that we're supposed to be in, which is totally false since most of the time we're in a state of either loneliness, suffering, uncertainty, depression. You're just kind of figuring things out. Like if you scroll through an Instagram feed of like one of the influencers or all these like Instagram models or whatever, there's like thousands of them. It's it's pretty much hard to escape seeing all these influencers with a couple hundred thousand followers. All of their posts are like a highlight reel. It's totally unrealistic. You have like all these girls or something or all these dudes and they're like, smiling and taking photos with products they're promoting and like, Oh, I'm living my best life. Da, da, da. And they're on the beach and they're on all these like unrealistic, you know, situations or circumstances where you're just like, is this actually real life? It's totally like distorting our view of what happiness really is. And so we think happiness is if I get X and Y, then I'll be happy. Or if I do this, or if I just do this, where the thing is, no, once you get there, you're going to want more. We always want more. We're always unsatisfied as human beings. We're always unsatisfied. We're always looking for more, 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 more. How can I do more? How can I be more happy? How can I do more of this? Which is good because we're constantly innovating, but it's bad because we totally view happiness the wrong way. And then we also view happiness in the other way. We're supposed to be happy all the time. Then we like, we fake it or we're not being authentic. We're not being ourselves. I mean, I know for for a couple years, I mean, early on in high school, I would just try to be happy all the time and please people. And it's, I mean, it's actually because I liked others and I love, you know, being with people, but I can definitely remember there's certain times where I was unauthentic and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, I have to be happy all the time. But that's totally not true. If you somebody that, if you see somebody that's happy all the time, realistically, you're going to be like, uh, dude, like, does he even like suffer? Does he even like go through things? Is he a, is he a human being? It, it's, it's kind of strange. So we don't have to feel like we have to put on this mask all the time of like, everything's in order. Or we've got everything going on the right way because that just simply is totally not true. So what are the solutions to this happiness problem? How can we view happiness? Well, what I have for y'all is a book that completely changed my thinking on everything. It's by Mark Manson, and it's called, you've probably heard of it. I'll show it up to the camera for the YouTubers. 
uh, who are watching this video wise, but it's called the subtle art of not giving a F U C K. I won't say it or else the government will track me and track me down and bomb me, but the subtle art of not giving an F and it is an amazing book. It's, it's a, a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. And so chapter two, it has all these crazy chapter titles, but chapter two, the title is called happiness is a problem. And you'd, you'd read that and you'd be like, whoa, dude, like happiness is a problem. I like, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. Like happiness, how can happiness be a problem? But it gives the story of uh, this prince. It starts off with a story of this prince and he had everything. Like he had everything. He grew up in a castle. His dad was a king, you know, da, da, da. He had every single thing, but he was still unhappy. He still felt this, this hole inside of him, this longing inside of him where he wasn't fulfilled and it's this gets really good i'll reveal who this prince is later on but so one night the prince snuck out of the palace to see what was beyond its walls he had a servant drive him through through the local village so he grew up inside the castle walls his entire life had everything but right when he got out of the castle walls he saw how much poverty and how much suffering was going on on the land around him and so what happened was he he chose to live in poverty. He had absolutely nothing. He chose to just suffer and suffer and barely get by and almost starve to death. And so one day he went to this tree near a river and decided that he would sit under that tree and not get up until he came with another good idea about suffering. And he came up with an idea earlier about how suffering totally sucks, which, which makes sense. But as the legend goes, the confused prince sat under the tree for 49 days. And Mark Manson says, we won't delve into the biological viability of sitting in the same spot for 49 days. But let's just say that in that time, the prince came to a number of profound realizations. And this is where it gets good. One of the realizations was this, that life itself is a form of suffering. Oh, here, listen to this. The life itself is a form of suffering. The rich suffer because of their riches. The poor suffer because of their poverty. People without a family suffer because they have no family. And people with a family suffer because of their family. People who pursue worldly pleasures suffer because of their worldly pleasures. People who abstain from worldly pleasures suffer because of their abstention. Ab- absten- abstention. Absten- oh, God. Absten abstention, whatever. You, you get what I mean. But some suffering is certainly more painful than ever suffering, but we all must suffer nonetheless. Without suffering, there's no growth. That's how we're designed. And if we deny suffering, like it's this bad thing and we don't welcome it, how are we ever going to grow in life? And so that pain and loss, the, the prince also came to the second realization, that pain and loss are inevitable and we should let go of trying to resist them. And this is the best part. The prince would later become known as the Buddha. That was the Buddha. The prince was the Buddha that left the castle. And in case you haven't heard of him, he was kind of a big deal. So that is the quote from the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough. But suffering is biologically useful. We suffer for the simple reason that suffering is biologically useful. It's nature's preferred agent for inspiring change. We've evolved to always live with a certain degree of dissatisfaction and insecurity because it's the mildly dissatisfied and insecure creature that's going to do the most work to innovate and survive. Listen to that, dude. 
I mean, that is just strong. Instead of trying to deny suffering and not welcome suffering, what we need to do is we have to embrace suffering and realize that that's just part of what makes us human. And we have to embrace it and know that without suffering, we're not going to change and evolve and be the best versions of ourself. It's just, it's, it's just not possible. It's that mild, what, what do you say? Mildly, it's the mildly dissatisfied and insecure creature that's going to do the most work to innovate and survive. And this constant dissatisfaction has kept our species fighting and striving, building and conquering. So our pain and misery aren't a bug of human evolution. They're a feature. That's what pain and suffering is. And there's no such thing. Instead, hope for a life full of good problems. Don't hope for a life without problems. That's huge. Don't hope for a life without problems. There's no such thing. Instead, hope for a life full of good problems. Wow. That's how we embrace suffering. Is we, we have to realize that it's just... It's part of who we are and it's not going to change us. And instead of being like, oh man, like it's just, a, it's just a bad part of human society and who we are. We just have to, we have to welcome it with, with open arms and realize, dude, this is how I'm going to get better. So we, I might as well embrace it. It's all how you view things. Just like that. The last podcast I talked about with this whole Corona thing, you know, we can either deny it for as long as we want, or we can come to the conclusion that look, Dude, I'm going to get really antsy, you know, staying in my house for the next month or two months or however long we're in this. But with this suffering that I'm experiencing, maybe it's not suffering. Maybe that's way too, you know, big of a word for this. But maybe it's just this dissatisfaction. It's like, oh, man, I just want to, like, change. You're not, you're not happy, obviously. It's this that's going to promote us if we allow it to. It's this dissatisfaction we feel that if we allow it to, if we welcome it, is going to make us achieve our goals and it's going to make it's going to push us to do things that we've always wanted to do that's what suffering helps us do as this book said in happiness this thing this whole thing with happiness problems never stop they merely get exchanged or upgraded happiness comes from solving problems the key word here is solving if you're avoiding your problems or feel like you don't have any problems then you're going to make yourself miserable if you feel like you have problems you can't solve, you will likewise make, your, make yourself miserable. The secret sauce is in the solving of the problems, not, not in not having problems in the first place. Happiness is a constant work in progress because solving problems is a constant work in progress. That's it. That's it, y'all. I mean, happiness is us solving these problems we're in like like i gave the example i mean just a couple seconds ago with the whole coronavirus example you know we can when we welcome this suffering that we feel instead of denying it and you know being depressed about it when we welcome the suffering that we feel and we're like dude i can't do anything about it i'm going to suffer for the next month or two months or however now let's use that to solve some problems. Where are some problems I have in my life? Well, I want to have a habit of working out every day. Well, I want to start going to bed early at 9 p.m. because I know that that's going to be the best for me. And then I wake up at 5 and attack the day and get the day started. That's always something that I've wanted to do. So now the secret sauce is letting suffering propel you to those goals that you've always wanted to achieve. And when you do that, that's when happiness comes. Happiness is a... It's a process. It's a 
it's like going up an escalator in a mall. You're just, you're going up, 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 up. That's what happiness is. It just, it's a constant, that was a very bad example. But anyways, you, you get you get the point. You're sticking with me. Happiness is just this constant progression throughout life of us solving our problems and being content with who we are. I'll go to James Clear, the uh, atomic the Atomic Habits book, he talks it all about happiness in the last couple pages of his book. Let me, uh, yeah, let me just pull it up here. I, uh, or I, I wrote it down. It's the happiness is the state you enter when you no longer want to change your state. That's what happiness is. All happiness is, is just this little absence of desire. Happiness is simply the absence of desire. When you observe a cue, like a cue in your environment, maybe like, ooh, I want those shoes. Like, that's a cue. But do not desire to change your state. You are content with the current situation. Happiness is not about the achievement of pleasure, but about the lack of desire. It arrives when you have no urge to feel differently. So like I just said, happiness is the state you enter when you no longer want to change your state. However, happiness is fleeting because a new desire always comes along. That's why we can't be, you know, can't be frustrated when we do feel dissatisfied or we do suffer or we do feel, you know, uncontent or discontent. It's because there's always new desires that come along. And happiness is the space between one desire being fulfilled and a new desire forming. Likewise, suffering is the space between between craving a change in state and getting it. It's the idea of pleasure that we chase. We're always chasing pleasure. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome. Happiness is just the, the, when we see something and we don't want it, we have no desire to change. That's happiness. It's the state we're in. And it's this constant state throughout life that we're in. And so instead of, you know, running away from, from suffering or thinking that happiness means that we have to buy more stuff to, to you know, block how we actually feel inside or to cover it up. Or if we think that happiness means that it's this natural state we're always supposed to be in, like, oh, we're got to put on a mask and be happy all the time. That's not it. Instead, you just have to be authentic with yourself, authentic with who you are inside and authentic with your emotions. Because if you think about it, our emotions change every millisecond. It's like, it's like constant changing of our emotions. We go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And happiness is when we no longer want to go to the next thing, when we're content with what we have. That's all happiness is. And so ways you can look at that, look at it in your life, maybe look around, look around at the room you have, or the bed you have, or the shoes you have, or the stuff you have. And when you no longer want to change that, when you no longer want to be like, oh my gosh, I have to have more stuff. That's when you, where you're content with yourself. And that's just a basic form of happiness right there. When you look around or you think to yourself, man, you know, lately I've just been putting on this mask and like, I haven't shown people who I really am. Like, I just feel like I have to always be happy all the time. That's not happiness at all. That's just trying to put on a mask. And so I think that when we come to that conclusion, that happiness is not something that we should always be chasing. You can't always chase happiness because it's not a linear formula. If I, you know, 
if, if what I'm in and if I add X and that equals Y where Y is happiness, that's not what happiness is. You can't, you can't like, Oh, right. When I get this thing, then I'll be happy. That's just not, not what it is. Instead, happiness is when we look at ourselves and we look at our life and we're like, man, I'm content with what I have. That's what happiness is. And it's just this constant thing all throughout life. Cause our, our, you know, ideas and our interests are going to change so much and we're going to want to replace things and, you know, shift things in and add things into our lives. But when we look around at our friends, our family, our house we live in, the school we get to go to, and we look around and you're like, man, I'm grateful. I see all these things and I'm content with what I have. That is happiness. Like so- sometimes I fail to do it too. But it, when I look around and when I, when I tell myself, you know, Harrison, just look around, man. Look around. Those two words, look around. And when I look around and I really comprehend everything, that's happiness. That's happiness right there. When you comprehend or you look around, you're like, man, I'm good. I'm good with what I have. And then it's also when you when you solve problems, right? We're not always happy. So, you know, you, we may look around and we're like, I'm good. But then stuff's going to change the next day. And you got to adapt to that. And so instead of being like, oh, man, I wish I was always happy. Welcome the, you know, the, the, the feelings of not being, you know, safe or the feelings of not being happy and being dissatisfied. Welcome those because that is what's going to propel you to change your situation if you embrace it. And then once you change your situation and you solve your problems, then that's happiness. Then you just move on to the next, move on to the next, move on to the next. That's why happiness is this slow progression all throughout life. It's a very cool concept, happiness. It's a very cool concept to dive into. I've always been super curious about like happiness and suffering and just like what those two dynamics mean in my life. And so I hope that helped. I hope I laid, I know I was a little wordy at times, but I I hope that helped lay just some of the framework behind happiness it's not this thing that we that fits into a linear formula that if I finally do this then I'll be happy it it just doesn't work like that instead we have to welcome all the emotions that we feel and use those emotions to propel us propel ourselves to solve these different problems because that's when happiness really happens so that's a cool topic y'all thanks for joining me on the Harrison Zesty podcast. I hope that was a little bit, at least a little bit insightful about happiness and welcoming negative emotions and, you know, how to the solution to the happiness problem. Cause there's no, there's no real solution. You just have to implement things, the things like I just said, and you know how we can view happiness as this constant slow progression all throughout life. So I hope that helped y'all welcome or not welcome. This concludes Episode 404 of the Harrison Zesty Podcast with your host, Harrison Zesty. Thank you all for tuning in for this week. Many more episodes upcoming throughout this quarantine time in our lives. And this does it. And as always, peace.